When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everything you do is making an impact in this world. This is not an elitist issue. This is a quality of life issue. How dare you? And I feel like it's my responsibility as a human being. So what? The world is at stake. What, like it's hard? Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura. It is so good to have you here today. How are you? I hope you're well. It feels really good to be getting back into the swing of things. Today's episode is a little bit of a primer for a conversation we will be having later this month on disasters and disaster relief. We're talking today about weather and more specifically storms and compound extreme events. Compound extreme events is a buzzy term that got a lot of press around it after the IPCC report was released earlier this summer. So I want to break down these words a little bit with you, and I want to talk a little bit about what disasters truly look like in the face of climate change. If you're not subscribed to Eco Chic already, wherever you're listening to podcasts, I highly recommend it. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you ever want to get in contact, you can do so on Instagram at Eco Chic Podcast. And there will always be links in the show notes if you want to dive deeper into any of the topics or research that I am referring to today. Let's first set the scene a little bit with some myth busting. It is a common sentiment and for some reason a common belief that climate change is causing more storms. Research shows that climate change is not causing more storms, but just stronger storms, more intense storms. And when I say storms, I really mean all kinds of storms. We're talking more hurricanes, more snowstorms, more heat waves. And these kinds of events can lead into other bigger natural disasters or risk that we're going to be talking about, things like flooding and things like wildfires. So one last time, super clear, climate change is not causing more storms. It's just causing more intense and more destructive storms. I feel like just was not a word that I should have used there because that's a very big deal. But I really want us to understand frequency is the same. It's just about scale and magnitude of these events. I want to go through a couple examples just to make sure that we are all on the same page of why this happens. Let's use hurricanes because that is a type of storm where the damage is always really visible. So it's very easy for us to understand as a general public what scale, magnitude, more intense hurricanes look like. Hurricanes form when you have warm water and warm, moist air over that warm water. When that warm air is replaced with cool air, you start getting this cyclone-type effect. I got into hurricanes at a much more detailed level on a previous episode that I can link in the show notes if you are interested. We know that ocean temperatures are rising. We know that oceans are getting warmer. The warmer the water, the more intense the hurricane is that can subsequently form. Example number two, we are flipping the switch talking about winter. Let's talk about more intense snowstorms. Snowstorms are also very heavily influenced by ocean temperature. Generally speaking, warmer than average surface temperatures in the ocean will lead to higher amounts of moisture flowing into a storm stream. 
that contributes to a greater intensity of storms again. Two different seasons, two different types of storms, both hurricanes and snowstorms, as we just went through, are very heavily impacted by the temperature of the surface of the ocean. Again, not more storms, just more intense storms. So now I want to get into that term we touched on earlier, compound extreme events. And the reason that this term caught so much press is because it was a major new takeaway from the latest IPCC report. Some background, the IPCC is the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. It's a group of climate scientists established by the United Nations that synthesizes, summarizes climate research every eight years or so. And there are different reports that come out from different working groups of these climate scientists that touch on the actual physical climate system research, the natural socioeconomic impacts, and then there's a last working group that talks about mitigation and adaptation strategies. If you were seeing a lot of climate change headlines coming out about the IPCC report, the most recent one came from the working group focused on the physical climate system. And that's where we started talking about compound extreme events. One more time, the IPCC does not create new research or conduct their own research. They summarize research that's available and they kind of established this baseline, this global understanding, the most concise, consistent, highest probability, highest confidence research when it comes to climate change. Major takeaway was compound extreme events. We will likely see an increase in these compound extreme events as the planet continues to warm. To break it down a little bit further, compound extreme events are exactly what they sound like. We are having more extreme events in general, and the compound part of that means that they are happening closer together in time. So remember, we're not seeing more storms, we're just seeing more intense storms, and now those more intense storms are happening around similar time periods. So this means higher frequency of heat waves, of droughts, of stronger hurricanes, of stronger snowstorms. Compound extreme events sounds like something really far off, but in the U.S. we did see that this summer. We had a Category 4 hurricane in the Gulf. We had massive fires in California. We are still in a mega drought in the Southwest. There's also an episode of Mega Droughts if you want to listen to that quick plug. But long story short, we are seeing really extreme climate events today, and we are seeing compound extreme climate events already in our own backyard. I'm sure that you could find similar examples from over the summer or last winter in whatever region it is that you are currently listening from. So understanding that compound extreme events are happening and that we are seeing them with greater frequency is really important because it gives us a bit of a mental marker when we are seeing really dramatic headlines in popular news, in the mainstream media, Extreme weather and climate change is not necessarily new information, how those two topics interact, but it's really important to recognize that this is not about frequency, it is about scale, and it's about timing. Summers are becoming longer, winters are becoming shorter, and how are those seasonal time changes influencing weather patterns? Last little takeaway that I want to talk about when it comes to compound extreme events, a major issue is going to be risk assessment. Climate models and really any sort of scientific modeling, anywhere where you are hypothesizing and guessing and testing out a variable, you are typically only testing out one variable. You are only looking at risk for one particular area. So when we're talking about compound extreme events, it's really difficult to calculate risk because you're seeing multiple 
possibly simultaneous variables influencing risk and influencing how you can predict an outcome. I've become recently super interested in climate change and how it's influencing the housing market and real estate. And when you have a home that's in a floodplain, you know that you need flood insurance. But if you're living adjacent to a floodplain, do you get flood insurance just out of the possibility that you might one day be in a floodplain? Are you willing to buy a home and put your name down for a 30-year mortgage in an area that might experience really extreme temperature increases? Or are you buying a seaside condo in an area that might have really intense sea level rise in the next 15 years? Heavy theoretical questions, but all to say that climate change and these more extreme weather events are really influencing a lot of how we can plan our cities, how we can plan our individual purchases, how we can invest, and how we want to think about saving certain areas. However, even bigger picture, again, just talking about research, it's really hard to predict how these extreme events are going to change over time and if frequency will continue to change, if intensity will continue to increase, because we don't know how these events are yet influencing one another. I want us to end on a positive note because I know I threw you a lot of information and some of it sounds a little bit scary. But another major takeaway that I really appreciated from this IPCC report that I just mentioned was that we are not too late. We are in control of our climate future. However, there are some caveats. If we are to stop all emissions today, global temperatures will stay where they are now. There's very little chance of cooling our planet significantly. There would also be some natural cycles that would take a minute to catch up. Ice would continue to melt, even if we're no longer emitting greenhouse gases, because ice has not yet caught up to current temperatures. There are a lot of mitigation and adaptation strategies that this group of scientists is coming out with that is already being discussed very heavily on the local level, on the federal level. There are climate solutions that exist and that just need policy change, economic incentives, maybe as simple as citizen advocacy to get the ball rolling. There are plenty of industries that are not yet discussing how climate change influences their work. Like just a second ago, I was talking about real estate. To my knowledge, we do not have big time conversations about climate change in the real estate industry yet. However, there are plenty of folks that are advocating for these things, and it could very well be you. So whatever industry you're in, I love to say climate change does not happen in a vacuum. There is opportunity for you to bring this into your work, to learn a little bit about how climate change intersects with your areas of interest. And there's a lot of work to be done, but there's also a lot of really great work being done right now. Last note, there is always space for individual action. I talk a lot about policy change and economic incentives here on the show, But we live in a society, we make financial decisions, we decide who we are voting for with our dollar, quote unquote, metaphorically speaking. Where are you choosing to put your values? Where are you choosing to put your money? And where are you choosing to advocate and really emphasize and flex that value of climate advocacy? Thank you all so, so much for listening to today's episode of Eco Chic. Again, it's so good to have you here. It's so good to be getting back into the swing of things. And I really look forward to the episodes we have coming up this month. I've got some great speakers lined up that I'm so, so excited to share with y'all. And again, I will have links in the show notes to previous episodes if you want to dive deeper into any of these topics, like I mentioned. And also if you want to read any research up on these topics about storms, if you want to read the IPCC report, if you want to read about 
stronger storms in general. I'll put a report in there, but I'll also try and find some more pop culture-y articles, like New York Times-type articles. So with that, thank you so, so much for listening one last time. I hope you're doing well. Say hi to your friends for me. Send this in the group chat. It's been great hanging out with you today, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.